0: This transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you. This transmission is coming to you.
1: Welcome to your deep dive for truth. Everyone out there is searching for the truth, but sometimes the truth hurts. It can have repercussions that are detrimental to the health and safety of you and your family. The first thing all truthers need to know is that the system will always try and discredit the information provider. When said provider start informing the general population and get too close to the truth. Therefore, the Deep Dive for Truth team will be wearing their COVID masks to ensure we stay safe and anonymous while providing the opinions or facts that some of you may have never heard before. The desire for truth runs deep in all truthers. If you want to know more, join us on our Deep Dive content and support the Deep Dive for Truth team with your positive responses only. Any negative response is not appreciated. Red pill or blue pill. This choice is for real. Reality is here. Would you like to know more? Welcome
2: to Deep Dive for Truth. Welcome to Deep Dive for Truth. This is Big T for Truth. I'm coming to you with some high-level info. You definitely want to hear about this. So this is a quick interview. I'm just going to start with a quick interview, a portion of the whole interview from 1983, where there was a U.S. congressman, Larry McDonald, and his final interview where he explains the New World Order agenda. Think about that for a second. He was becoming more and more popular. He was involved with many different groups and politics, and he was making a difference. These interviewers really pushed the fact that they kept throwing out their conspiracy, conspiracy. What's this conspiracy? We want to know, we want to know. But they kept trying to cut him off and not let him tell a story or talk about what he knows. Now, again, this was a U.S. congressman, Larry McDonald, his actual words of things that he found out. And this is just a quick blip of that interview, and I... You know, I, I'm going to go and sh- uh, let the whole interview run later in this episode. But you need to hear just the, the point where he was trying to make of where we were going in 1983. So here we go.
0: A master conspiracy in which socialist American insiders are plotting to establish world government. Now, it also says, and here's director John McManus, that's your public relations director, saying that former Secretary of State Alexander Haig and CIA Director William Casey are two of these master conspirators who are plotting to establish world government. Now, what do you say? You know, that kind of silly, asinine statement is what makes people laugh at the John Birch Society.
3: Well, Tom, I'm sure being a longstanding member of the Rockefeller Apparatus uh, and as a member of the Council on Foreign Relations of Longstanding, you're fully aware that you, there is an elitist core in this country that has seen value in subsidizing communism or protecting communism. It has? Sure. You're accusing me of subsidizing communism? No, no, I'm saying Because that I happen is to belong no. to, a, no, no, to there a... There is an elite, elite core. core. Study no, group? They, no, no, wait a minute. There is an elite core in this country that has dominated American society. Well, I'm not one of them. A well, trilateral
4: commission. A trilateral yeah. commission, Council
3: on Foreign Relations. On Foreign Relations. Department Department. Well, let's face it. They have dominated the State Department for 40 years, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. pretty much openly All right, so. but
4: what are they trying to do? Well, to their now? objective
3: is to try to bring about a gradual transition in our society, a dissolving of sovereignty, and a moving steadily to the left on the political spectrum. Well, who this are is the they? the elitist groups that I mentioned, particularly key individuals and policy makers and the Council Is the on Foreign Relations. International
4: Monetary Fund part of this?
3: Well, I would say the International Monetary Fund has certainly been set up for the purpose of facilitating that transfer of sovereignty and transfer of wealth on the road. Right, we to elected something. Mr. Conservative. Let me just finish the point, right. because otherwise we're we'll going to have a lot of un- unanswered questions, that you are looking at a group that has worked to bring about the dissolution of national sovereignty on the road to world government. And certainly uh, you're familiar with the local professor, Carol Quigley, who has been part of your club, in which he admitted all this. And he said in his book, Tragedy and Hope, the only thing I disagree is that we've worked to keep it a secret.
2: So Larry McDonald was a Democrat from Georgia who, wow, who was digging in and and finding out everything and naming names and people. And he was actually on his way, probably becoming more and more popular with all parties because he was for America and for the people. And it's already happened here in America, so it's already been done and established where you have no say in your countries. I respect everybody's sovereign nations. I respect everybody's God-given right to live and to be free. And if you guys don't have that in your country, then most likely you've already been locked down in some point unless you conform. The point is is that you all have a choice still to make. Because when it comes to the earth and it comes to our species, you almost got to realize at some point that your species and your family's future and your children's future and the future of humanity has to come before everything else but God. Because if you make the human species your family, it's God, family, country. So your beliefs in your divine being, family, and then country. So once you've understood and established that you're part of a species family, then that's where we come together. But this Larry McDonald, Democrat from Georgia, uh, today would probably be considered quite a conservative type Democrat, but he was making a, a huge difference. So let's talk about him for a second. So the man who would be president, his plane was shot down in 1983 actually after that interview, and it says here that the American people were lied to. After doing some research, some people dug up that the facts have shown that the plan landed safely, even though President Reagan at the time agreed with the Soviets that all on board uh, died in a crash landing. One of the men aboard was a Congressman Larry McDonald, one of the few Dr. Knows in Congress. McDonald was not only the president of the John Birch Society, but he was also on his way to becoming president of the United States. Yet. Today, 99% of Americans don't even know his name. So there's people on board, very important to, um, I'm going to get that interview on later. So then people started digging up and getting the information. So here's a little brief overview. On Monday, September 26, 1983, a delegation of seven Japanese and American officials arriving aboard the Japanese patrol boat, Sugaro, met a six-man Soviet delegation at the port of Noveletsk basically with a Soviet delegation. Basically, they handed over all the shoes and footwear of the people that were on that flight and said that they had all crashed. Okay, so, and they handed over 74% of the flight's passengers' stuff. So, where are the bodies? Either the shoes were on the bodies and removed by the Soviets, or they, they were removed by wearers and retrieved by the Soviets. Why were these shoes loose? They were taken off in preparation for the landing, or were they simply removed the course of the flight? In either case, that question remains. Is it really possible for so many shoes to be found and not one single person found to wear them? And if we should negate that all the shoes were taken off in preparation for a ditching, that there was no time to do so, or that the aircraft was in an exploded and too disintegrated condition to do so, then another question arises. If the non-appearance of the bodies is explained by their flesh being eaten by crabs and contrary to expert opinions, bones, etc., is it really credible that none of the 213 items of footwear had a foot or a toe or a bone within it? Big questions. And then the people that did the digging says that they were captured by Soviets and brought into the country. Now, let's go about covering some stuff here. So, it was Korean Airlines Flight 007. Okay. It was reported shot down August 31st, 1983, and it's primarily uh, on information received the research center for prisons, psych prisons, and forced labor concentration camps from the USSR. So this research center was established by the late Avram Shifron, an Israeli who had himself spent time in the Soviet prison camp himself in their system. There's people that had dug some of this stuff up, and hmm, can you imagine? In 1989 to 1991, The center of investigations were digging up information on the passengers and crew of KAL-007 were taken upon rescue to the KGB Coast Guard baseline. This is the events. Within a few days, everyone was taken to the KGB base 600 miles north of Vladivostok. Here, the men, women, and children were divided into separate groups. The men and women were taken by train to Tinda on the Bakel Armour Railway, about eight hundred miles inland, where at least some of them were put to forced labor. The male adults were at some point distributed to a number of different camps throughout Siberia, some of which were the camps also held American POWs and other foreign prisoners. These camps are identified as camps for foreigners by their local isolation and lack of villages around them. Normally when prisoners are released from a prison camps, they are required to continue living in exile near the prison. Their families join them and villages grow up around the camps. Foreign prisoners are not released. There are no villages around these prisoners. In these prisons okay so congressman lawrence p mcdonald democrat 7th district of georgia was separated from the rest of the passengers and taken by special air transport to moscow on or about september 8th 1983 a special kgb guard unit was brought from kabarovskis to accompany him all right bear with me on these uh russian city names forgive me if i don't have them down i'm just reading this off the report right now so the KGB had a fleet of special aircraft, the 910XX series, that was used exclusively for transporting high-profile prisoners, VIPs, and others requiring strictest security. These were used for even very short trips rather than using open land transportation. So it goes on to say what happens to the, the children who put in were put into orphanages, whoever was left, go on to... Basically, uh, disappear a whole flight of people. Arriving in Moscow, McDonald was taken into the KGB prison where he was given a designation as prisoner number three. While at the prison, he was kept in isolation, taken from his cell only for questioning. Hmm, interesting, interesting, interesting. He was interrogated several times by the head of the first chief directors of the KGB. So, Vladimir Khrushchev was the guy that was interrogating, him. he was a member of the core group, the Gang of Eight, who sought to seize power from Mikhail Gorbachev in '91. a little background. And then he was released and then became a popular lecturer, go figure. So the following, a number of questionings, Mr. McDonald was moved to another KGB prison in Moscow for continued interrogation over a period of several months. The cells that were artificially cooled to near freezing temperatures these cells were 1.5 meters on a side of roughly 4.5 feet the dirt floors were submerged in water so that the prisoners either stood or laid down in mud there might be a slanted bench against which the prisoner could lean with his feet against the opposite wall after a time in this other prison mr mcdonald was then moved to a summer house under guard in Sukanava near Moscow, where the interrogations continued. Mr. Shafrini sources indicated that they had strong reason to believe that while in this safe house, McDonald was interrogated under drugs that may have eventually resulted in his identity loss. He was brought eventually to a prison in Kyrganga, Kazakhstan, the region where the Soviets had important nuclear missile test ranges from similar installations. He may have been brought to this area to be interrogated by experts. There has been part of an effort to find out what he could say about the U.S. nuclear program and what he knew about the Soviet program. In early 1987, former NSA agent Jerry Mooney testified before Congress the Moscow Boundy program and the importance of Karaganga as a center of the Soviet nuclear program and in the area where certain highly skilled American POWs with technical knowledge were brought. Following his testimony, the world press focused on this area. In an apparent attempt to keep McDonald's present their secret, he was moved in mid-1987 by special transport to a small prison near the town of Tamir Tau, also in Kazakhstan. On. The wardens of this prison identified him from a photograph that had been computer-aged to show what he looked like by at the time. It also showed a scar that runs from his left nostril to his left lip. Here he was given special treatment but was not allowed to communicate with anyone. In the summer of 1990 he was taken To the transportation prison in Karganda. Here, as an unknown prisoner whose file was sealed by the KGB, he remained. As of 1995, all efforts to obtain additional information from the Karganda prison have failed. The Congressman, McDonald, present location is unknown and it may be there. He may have been moved since then or, at this point, passed. Think about that. Think about if you were running for president and all that happened. Let's go into the actual whole portion of his interview.
5: Today... Uh, The topic is going to be one probably nobody saw coming. The man who would be president's plane was shot down in 1983, but were the American people lied to about it? Well, we know our government has been lying to us for some time now. Uh, In 1983, a commercial flight was alleged to have been shot down by Russia, but facts have shown that the plane landed safely, although President Ronald Reagan agreed with the Soviets that all aboard died in a crash landing. One of the men aboard was Congressman Larry McDonald, one of the few Dr. knows in Congress. McDonald was not only the president of the John Birch Society, but he was also on his way to becoming president of the United States. Yet, today, 99% of Americans don't even know his name. Now, before I bring my guest on, some people believe that, the, that this plane was taken down because this man spoke out. Now, this is a Democrat, okay? This is— This this guy is this guy was a patriot, okay? And I want you to hear what he had to say. And for some of you out there, it's gonna blow your mind that a Democrat actually talked like this. I'm gonna play two two clips. This first one's short, it runs about almost three minutes. But you're going to be amazed at what you hear here. All right? Here we go. Once
3: again, we'll remind you that Congressman McDonald will be in Chickamauga this morning at 9, Fort Oglethorpe at 1030, Ringgold at 2. Whether you agree with him or not, I'm sure he'd like to meet you and hear your views. we were talking about the Atlanta Papers a minute ago. One of the big complaints they have about you, and not just them, but, but people who are opposed to you say that although you do express your beliefs well, that you are not an effective congressman, that you're a lone voice in the wilderness, uh, you're a maverick,
6: that anything you support is sometimes considered a joke by other congressmen. What do you think about those oh, of things? Oh, it's very easy. To All you have to do is ask for a definition of the word effective. Effective at what? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, they say, oh, you know me, effective at passing laws. Well, I personally believe that we don't need a lot more laws. I think we've got far too many laws on the books now. That's part of the problem. Our government is far too... We don't need more government, more laws. We need a lot less. I'm up there trying to dismantle a lot of this giant government. But let's stop and just think about when you, quote, pass a law, with the current attitude in the Congress, what do you get in a law today? You get either more spending or more taxes or more controls. That's the three things. Let me ask you, which do you want? you want more spending? Uh, I think we've got too much. Do you want more taxes? I think we're taxed too heavily now. Do you want more controls over your life? Does, does anybody say, hey, look, I really believe the federal government needs to control me. I want to be a slave. Please tell me how to run every facet of my life. I don't hear many people saying that. I think most people say, I think it's time we get the government off our backs and out of our pockets. Yes, I think the people who believe that the welfare state is a disaster, the people who are trying to slow down this humongous growth in the federal government and the stifling of the American dream, uh, these are viewed as the mavericks. These are viewed, uh, Congressman Phil Crane is viewed as being not effective. Congressman John Ashbrook, one of the great Americans of this century, prior to his recent strange tragic death, uh, was an individual who was constantly criticized being not effective. And today, to be effective, you have to be one of those saying, More government, more spending, and more controls, more taxes. And I'm not part of that breed, and I'll uh, readily admit to that. Why do you think that the public, who, most people say we don't want more government. I mean, almost everybody says that. We want less government. Why do they put up with increased government intervention? Why do they put up with it? I think that, uh, you know, Joseph de Maistre said, except he said it in French about 200 years ago, that you get the kind of government you deserve, and I think that's true. I think the problem today is that we do not have an informed electorate. The average good person on the street, the average good citizen, black and white, Democrat, Republican, young and old, doesn't have the foggiest idea what is going on and their response to it. Okay,
3: and we're out of time, Congressman. We appreciate we you coming. Kind of hey, we wish we had more They time. don't, don't know. <laughs> and,
5: uh, people, many people don't want to know. They They don't want to know these things. Now, this next clip is going to run a little longer, but you talk about somebody calling out communism. The Democrat Party, I've told you today, is openly communist. They're openly socialist. They're openly Marxist. Here's a Democrat in, in the early 80s who would call it out. Now, there, it's going to include right at the 1st um, a, a brief report by Connie Chung on NBC where the plane had been shot down. That's the report that was out. Then, you're gonna, then we're going to transition over to an episode of Crossfire. Now, this Crossfire, remember Pat Buchanan, he used to be on it. Larry McDonald was on it. I, this, I want you to get a flavor for the plane that was alleged to have been taken down by Russia, okay? And the major guy who was on it doesn't – I don't want to diminish the lives of other people because our guest had two family members on. But I want you to get a flavor for what was going on at the time – and um, here's the clip we're going to roll that now the CIA warned a disgraced former president Richard Nixon not to get on this flight 007 but apparently they didn't warn congressman McDonald and uh, we want to know how the CIA the official Soviet news agency TASS today reported that former president Richard Nixon was scheduled to fly on that ill-fated Korean jet that was shot down by the Russians but TASS says Nixon cancelled his reservation at the last minute because the CIA warned him against taking the flight. Because the CIA warned him against taking the flight.
4: The Soviets had tailed the distinctively shaped commercial jumbo jet for two and a half hours and then
0: shot it down. Uh, Mr. McDonald, I'm not a conspirator. Uh, I think even Buchanan would vouch for that. Uh, well, but you uh, are. Uh, Robert, Robert Welch. Robert Wells. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. A you a conspiracy? Well, you've certainly... Well, it, let me just tell you what. Newsweek says this. That, says that, the John Birch Society considers communism only one arm of a national of a master conspiracy in which socialist American insiders are plotting to establish world government. Now, he also says, and here's Director John McManus, that's your public relations director, saying that former Secretary of State Alexander Haig and CIA Director William Casey are two of these master conspirators who are plotting to establish world government. Now, what do you say? Uh, you know that kind of silly, asinine statement is what makes pe- makes people laugh at the John Birch Society. Well,
3: Tom, I'm sure, being a long-standing member of the Rockefeller apparatus uh, and as a member of the Council on Foreign Relations of long standing, you're fully aware that you, there is an elitist core in this country that has seen value in subsidizing communism or protecting communism. It mm-hmm.
0: has? Sure. Yeah. You're accusing me of subsidizing communism? No, no, I'm saying I is happen isn't. to belong no. to a... No, to there
3: is an elite core. core. Study no, study
0: they, group? No, no, wait a minute. There is an elite core
3: in this country that has dominated American society. Well, I'm not one of them. Well, the I mean, Trilateral place. Commission. The Trilateral the Council Commission. On Council on Foreign Relations. The State well, let's face it, they've dominated the State Department for 40 years, and uh, pretty much openly All so. right, but what are they trying to do? Well, to their objective now? is to try to bring about a gradual transition in our society, a dissolving of sovereignty, and a moving steadily to the left on the political spectrum. Well, who the are belief, they? The elitist groups that I mentioned, particularly key individuals and policymakers in the Council is the on International Foreign Relations.
4: the Monetary Fund part
3: of this? Well, I would say the International Monetary Fund has certainly been set up for the purpose of facilitating that transfer of sovereignty and transfer of wealth on the road. Well, to we it, Mr. Conservative Let me just finish the point, right. because uh, otherwise we're we'll going to have a lot of un- unanswered questions. But you are looking at a group that has worked to bring about a dissolution of national sovereignties on the road to world government. And certainly uh, you're familiar with uh, local professor Carol Quigley, who has been part of your club. which he admitted all this and he said in his book tragedy and hope the only thing i disagree is that we've worked to keep it a secret you see arthur schlesinger jr writing way back in 1947 says yes this is the hidden policy of america but we can't tell the American public because they're too unsophisticated to see the value. What, what is the like. instrumentality of world
0: government? What is the instrumentality? Of the to say about the uh, silliest
3: statement I ever heard. He never made anything like well, that. Well, let me suggest that you read the May-June issue of the Partisan Review of 1947, Tom, and you can read it for yourself. It's called The Slash of There was a
0: conspiracy,
3: oh, a conspiracy oh, to oh, promote communism. Oh, no, he didn't use the word conspiracy. I he said Tom, the objective... Well, let me finish. I'll tell you. He said that the objective, the secret policy, which we can't tell the American public because they're not sophisticated enough to see the value, is that through a steady result of erosion of New Deals, we bring the American society steadily to the left, All right. and through a sound concept of benign containment, we merge into the vital center of the socialist left. Those are his words, not mine. Let
0: me
4: ask you this. The uh, world federalist movement in the post-war era contained a lot of people who eventually broke with it, and a lot of people thought the UN in the post-war era looked toward world government. Indeed they did, up until 48, 49, but a lot of them said, look, we were utopian, that's over and done with. We can't move, and a lot of them came in Kennedy's government, Uh, Schlesinger was in there when they were fighting uh, in Vietnam, launched the effort in Vietnam, Schlesinger was behind the Bay of Pigs. In other words, look, isn't there some move that occurred in the post-war era that now has been dissipated because nobody believes in the utopian ideal of world government anymore?
3: Well, I think there are those that realize that moving straight from a prototype of the United Nations into world government perhaps is tactically impossible. But phasing out increasingly national sovereignty into regional government uh, and phasing out sovereignties into international treaties and in multiple areas the whole er- be around. The whole movement toward, quote, interdependence.
0: Yeah. NATO is uh, part of the conspiracy? Well, there are certainly
3: elements in NATO. There are people in uh, in NATO that are very strongly dedicated to the defense of the West. Uh, But at the same time, you find in NATO a steady dissolution. You find a growing weakness as a uh, NATO policy uh, dominated by State Department policies that that has not worked. Well, uh, it's
4: a
0: regional uh, grouping, and I think, therefore, it may be suspect by the John Birch Society.
4: We're talking with Congressman Larry McDonald, who has recently been elevated against the chairmanship of the John Birch Society, succeeding
0: uh, Robert Welch. The new chairman, recently named chairman of the John Birch Society, Congressman Larry McDonald, the Democrat from Georgia. Uh, Mr. McDonald, your, your predecessor believed that the PTA was too left-wing and that uh, and the John Birch Society at one time tried to infiltrate it. Uh, or so he said. He used the word infiltrate. Are you still, is
3: that part of your program now? Well, I think when the PTA comes out in this program for the test ban treaty, and when the PTA comes out for gun control, it comes out for obviously national legislative programs that have been linked with liberalism, Uh, Having nothing to do with education of our children, I think many people are wondering what in the world is the PTA doing and that includes members of the John Birch Society. Well, I
0: wonder about you. Uh, I wonder about you. I looked you up. You're, you're, You're the biggest joiner that I've ever seen in the world. You belong, as I counted them, to 67 organizations, among which are the National Rifle Association, the American Pistol and... Revolver Association, the Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, the Second Amendment Foundation, and the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms.
3: Well, Tom, I think there's a real drive in this country to try to destroy the realization of our citizens that they have a fundamental constitutional right to keep and bear arms as the Constitution allows. And unfortunately, there are those in our society, including elements of the PTA nationally, not always locally by any stretch, but nationally, who would uh, believe that the federal government uh, should restrict the light of citizens' keep and barren. What get kind of grades
4: the, do you give Ronald Reagan, as President, and what kind yeah. of grades does the John Birch Society give
3: him? Well, I would say in his speeches, uh, Pat, you'd have to give him close to an A, B-plus to an A, but in his performance, uh What's the most disappointing? I think the fact that the rhetoric is going one way and the record is going another. Let me What's ask you about
0: uh, the, the conspiracy again. Well, well, you
3: can take to the issue of, of uh, the, one of the major problems of this country is inflation
0: right. and
3: the problems of the destruction of the dollar. And the fact of the matter is, in spite of promises to the contrary, uh, Reagan uh, has not moved to correct the deficiencies. We're now back to well, do you think economics that's, despite uh, comments to the contrary. Do you
0: think that's a p- result of the conspiracy you mentioned? Is there somebody working on him to get the inflation so that so that this country will be weakened.
3: There well, as a man who campaigned against elitism, as a man who in his campaign rhetoric said that he would not be having the Council on Foreign Relations,
0: trilateral
3: types dominating his cabinet, he's got about 250 members of such. In his administration. Well, let me ask you about Bill Casey. Now, I've known Bill. Members. I've well, known of the of the, of the yeah, I've known Bill Casey in, in the administration.
0: I've known Bill Casey, the director of CIA since World War II. As a matter of fact, in World War II, he was my boss. Now, you you you're a public relations director. Of the John Birch Society says that which Bill is why Casey this guy is, is so opposed to Larry McDonald conspiracy
3: Before he became CIA, one of his big jobs was aiding in the transfer of technology. And uh, goods and so forth to the Soviet Union, uh, helping the Camar River Project, the Export-Import Bank, oh, helping to finance the Export-Import Bank part
0: of the conspiracy.
3: I think the I'm drive that the the fact that the American people have been tapped steadily, especially since World War II, to finance their enemies and to have the massive technology transfer to those. Uh, well, who I agree with you. know that from the Braden Doctrine in the in the agency uh, which uh, you're very familiar with. And the feeling that uh, we must somehow subsidize the, quote, non-communist left. That's among our so-called allies. With and in country after non-communist country, non-communist that turned out to be the communists, mm-hmm. the crypto-communists masquerading Yeah, that's Mr. That's
0: Mr. Mitterrand, who has taken the strongest position against the Russians of any Western European... Well, members? he
3: was about to lose everything at the polls, and he had to show some sign. Uh, it's very difficult to say exactly how far that will Congressman be. Congressman
4: McDonald, he's been yeah. using the term
0: conspiracy. No, I didn't use it. No, for no. heaven's sake, Pat, but John oh, Birch Society used it. I don't
4: want to go through the tapes. <laughs> 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 well, it, it is. Don't blame it on me. He used it. <laughs> You've used it 45
0: times. That's right. They say this is a conspiracy. Right. I want to know what the conspiracy well, is. Tom. I'm trying to find out who's in it and what agencies of government are in it because I want to fight it along with you. You look and like great. Tom. Let me tell you, Tom. <laughs> you, you, you tell, tell me, uh, you know, how can I join
3: the John Birch Society? Well, gosh, Tom, you got no problem at all. All you need to do is write a letter to the John Birch Society, Belmont, Massachusetts, O two one seven eight, and tell them that you would like to purchase for two dollars a copy of the Blue Book. Tom, you read it, and I think if you're a dedicated American, you will agree with every word. Then you get in touch with me, and we may even sign you up.
0: Yeah, but it says here in one of your uh, one of your publications, not just anyone can be a bircher. Now I said not just anyone.
3: Now, if you don't believe in the Constitution and limited government and free enterprise and biblical values of morality... Preach it, I brother. Preach it. But I don't, qualify.
0: I don't, I
3: don't well, believe there's a conspiracy. He'd make a
0: of candidate. the Tom, you know,
4: as,
3: as a matter he of fact... a member of the conspiracy.
4: He's a member of the press. <laughs> let me ask you. He's used... Now, Mr. Braden's used for the 47th time, the term conspiracy. Now, let me ask you seriously. When you use people like Casey, who is on the Council on Foreign Relations, David Rockefeller's Trilateral Committee, uh, Commission, what do you mean... Or do you mean? Is that your term, the term conspiracy?
3: Well, there are many different levels of the problem. But yes, the term has been used, the term of conspiracy. When you have a group of people... But, I mean, they're actively
4: the, actively collaborating, and at the other end of that point of collaboration are communists, and on this end of the point of collaboration is Bill Casey and Trilateralists and,
0: and CFR. Uh, hey,
3: you have people who are part of the elitist structure of this country that have dominated this country openly for 40 years. I know, but they're not... Is that a conspiracy? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute if people quietly working together for evil objectives, two or more, that by definition is a conspiracy. You have, by their own admission, you look at the Tragedy and Hope by Professor Carol Quigley. He's a member of this elitist group. He says, sure, we've been working this. Sure, we've been collaborating with communism. Yes, we're working for a global accommodation. Yes, we're working for world government. The only thing I object to is that we have kept it a secret. And I think we've gone so far along, we should come out and say I bet you a dollar and and a half that
0: Bill Casey doesn't know who Professor Quigley is. I don't.
3: He's at Georgetown a number of years uh, ago. He 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 died a couple of years ago, and he wrote The Tragedy in Hope is a very noted member of your club, Tom. Tom, you've
4: uh, got to broaden to your reading a little that's bit. That's right. You've uh, really well, got I, to,
0: what, what I ought uh, to do is read more about conspiracies, and that's why I'm interested in what Well, I'll tell you what, you, what you ought it. to do is go back
3: and look at your founder, Edward Mandel House, because he wrote the book Philip Drew Administrator, and Colonel in this, is? Colonel House said that what he envisioned for the world was a world government along socialist lines as envisioned by Karl Marx. Now, that's mm-hmm. that's your leader, uh-huh. Tom, so you got to go back to the beginning. Well, his leader the was part. Woodrow
0: Wilson. Do you think he was a communist? No, I think heard? Woodrow Wilson
3: was his follower. <laughs> uh, I think Edward Mandel House dominated Wilson, not the other way around.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so, Edwin Mandel House—that uh, was—we uh, ought to make that clear. He was Colonel President House. Wilson's uh, alter
3: ego. Right? That's correct.
0: Yeah. Uh, so he is the—he is the real villain from which all no, these no, no. conspiracies. Uh, no, no,
3: no, no. He is depend. a major figure, Tom, but there is has been, unfortunately, in the West,
5: uh, an element.
3: Uh, they are good members in the Council on Foreign Relations, dedicated patriotic people. You've had Spool Braden, who was a member of the Council of the Burt Society, Bill and member. Council on Foreign Relations. You've got some dedicated people, but the driving forces have very clearly been willing to collaborate, subsidize, work for technology transfer for what they feel is some type of an accommodation and merger. And I, I submit this would be a disaster for the American Republic. Are there any in, in Congress?
2: Guessing? Sure. Our guest is Ben. Congressman Larry McDonald. Okay, so here in 1983, almost 30 years prior to, they were 40 years into trying to establish this new world order. And uh, Larry McDonald was, you know, hey, let's let's get this uh, in front of us. Let's put it out there. And he was becoming more and more popular with the American people because he was trying to stop the system from destroying the freedoms, the Constitution, your... God-given rights, and putting you all under control. Well, you know the story, what happened to him. God bless him. God rest his soul if he's passed away. Hopefully he got away and is in hiding. Yeah. So if you've been listening to Big T for Truth and the Deep Dive for Truth team, and you've heard things that you've never heard before, email me, let me know. You're happy about the content. Uh, If you can, donate to the team. There's going to come a time when they're going to notice. And unfortunately, that'll be the end of the messages. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Again, I'm doing this for fun. Remember, this is fiction. They are watching. But uh, this is information that I think most of you haven't heard. Some of you, you know, if you guys are deep divers and uh, digging for the truth, some of you guys might have heard about these things. But um, conspiracies are real. Theories are real. If you take a conspiracy theory, it is somebody that's trying to do something and create a conspiracy against something and it's a theory about who what where when and how and why now theories are sometimes proven fact which most of the conspiracy theory theories a lot of them end up factual years later when they're actually getting the message out trying to help uh, things come out later and then some of them aren't and some of them are um, You know, maybe a broad stroke of uh, a theory of some kind of conspiracy. But then again, you also have the system misleading people. You can kind of tell those are the ones, the, the people that are out there just entertaining and making the conspiracy theory and theorist kind of like a joke yeah you talk about it they have fun and they laugh it off and you know everybody thinks it's a joke and it's entertaining it's oh that's cool to hear but when it comes down to it they're part of the system you know they're not they're really not doing anything for the human species or their fellow man they're doing it for the system and they're part of the system once you realize that there's a movement out here for not just getting the truth out but waking up up. 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 a up. (sighs) a lot of people you know that's that's the key yeah and it's about waking up people So you guys got to understand that you need to wake up. All right. This is Big T for Truth. God, family, country. You believe in those things and you're a human being and part of the species and love one another and don't want to hurt anybody in your species. Then you're part of our family. And so it goes God, family, country just for a reason. Your divine being, your family, the human species, and everybody close to you. Then your country. You know, nothing makes people more proud than where they're from and and their uh, earthly origins. All right. Until the next time, I hope you enjoyed this session with Big T and the Deep Dive for Truth team. Peace. The Deep Dive
7: for Truth team is about digging for the truth. The truth about topics that may or may not be based in reality, but based in the control and manipulation and misguidings of our species by the system. The system that is not for the human species, but for the entitled ones of the human race. If we are going to make a change, We need to do this collectively using the system against them knowledge resources species building we will not be controlled by any government media or status group we will be for you the human race we will need your support to tackle this endeavor we will do this with or without you but the only way to challenge the system is with everyone's support there will be connecting topics to show the thread of truth from beginning to the end throughout our series We will be having some fun hoping that the system may not notice us at all, mainly AI. Hidden in the information, we will remove the blindfold obstructing the truth. That truth will be unveiled to those who really want to know. Everything about the removal of 90% of the human race. Binary code messages play on words. Within the jokes, the jests, and the possibilities will propose. Again, this is fiction. The system is watching. You will be informed as to who, what, where, and why the world is the way it is. You will find out where we are heading and the possibilities of hope and change for our species. The nature of our existence is to gain knowledge. When you follow us to the end, you will become an ambassador of truth. You will be able to spread a warning to our kind. You will be able to spread a message of hope, life, and a future for our species. If you want to follow someone who has been digging, deep dives for 35 years and has threaded the needle of truth and who has put the big picture together, then this is for you. Remember, you may not always like what you see, but you will be able to see and sense what is the truth around you. It is time for the Great Awakening.